0: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben
2: Garrett. Welcome in to another edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. We both write for the Old Miss Spirit on three. You're fresh off of running a marathon, my man. How you doing?
3: I'm alive. Um, Did the wife win? uh, Yeah, she did. Um, She was kind enough to cross the finish line with me. But, uh, yeah, the last, like, one or two-tenths of the, I guess, the last part of 26.2, I had to really – pick it up to, uh, to catch up. Cause it was, uh, she was, she was, she was, uh, she was hauling. So I was trying to keep up, but yeah, still alive. Um, as we were talking about yesterday and before we started today, honestly, the, the flight back was harder than the actual marathon because we had nine delays at O'Hare never fly American. They are absolutely awful. And yeah, this was, we only did it because we had two free vouchers with American that were for a wedding that was in 2020 that was canceled, and they were going to expire. And so And We were like, all right, we might as well use them. It's free. We were, well, it's not free. We already paid for it, but we don't want to lose that. But, yeah, never again.
2: I'm a Southwest ride or die, man. When you go to Wendy's, you don't expect a five-star meal. But you know exactly what you get, and it's always that
3: hard five every single time. At Southwest, now you mentioned Wendy's. Oh, they, they do have the best chicken sandwich in the game. No, they don't.
2: Who Double does Chick Fil A or to George uh, Chicken? Georgia's here in New Albany, Mississippi.
3: Well, I've never had that. I'll take yeah. your word for it. But man, but that's the it's consistency, man. The spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's, the junior bacon cheeseburger is consistent. You know what you're getting, and it's always there. I will go with Southwest any day, yeah, all day. really rolling in this recruiting
2: episode of Talk of Champions, you won around this weekend. did you pay attention to much?
3: Yeah, pay attention a little bit um we We had a long weekend in Chicago, so I was still I was still paying attention Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We watched a lot of football um, and then uh, I was uh, busy for for a while on Sunday um, and then afterwards caught up a little bit uh before we went to see mr styles but um but yeah i i know the the big story was uh santerian perkins went to tuscaloosa i assume we're going to get into that um, Oh yeah that's what we're doing right now i'm just kind of <laughs> dipping my toe into it
2: you I, I post
3: says okay the water's the water's fine let's cannonball here yeah uh you know as i was uh stuck in the airport yesterday for you know a good seven hours i got to do a little work um, um Look, I, I said it yesterday in the in the Spirit Recruiting Daily Thread that you can find at at omspirit.com, part of on three. Look, it, it's I think it is a respect and a gratitude thing with Sonterian Perkins, with Nick Saban. And I believe I saw someone actually say this on the board. I've said it before. You have to remember this class of, of prospects and their whole life Alabama has just been dominant. I mean, Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. They've won national title after national title, SEC title after SEC title. If if they don't grow up a fan of a college, which most of them don't, okay, they like winning. They enjoy that. They think it's cool. And, oh, by the way, a lot of players that go to Tus- Tuscaloosa to play college football, they go to the NFL. They also think that's cool. So. You know, it's not crazy to think, yeah, he's from Raleigh, Mississippi, but he really likes Nick Saban in Alabama. Like, that's not the craziest thing. And, you know, he went there. He did the whole, you know, visit. He sat in the end zone. He watched the game. It was a great game. Good Lord, Jimbo Fisher drew up probably the worst end of game play from the two-yard line that I've ever seen but they win. It's a, you know, it's fun. Look, I mean, when prospects go on visits, they have a great time. I mean, very rarely do they have a terrible time and you're getting wined and dined by the best college football coach of all time. That staff is still recruiting him hard, but he's still committed to Ole Miss. All right. I I know the respect and, you know, extremely grateful to be recruited by them, but he's still committed to Ole Miss. So I think both things can be true. He can really like Nick Saban and Pete Golding and that staff and and really think that the whole you know built-by-Bama thing is great. But he also really likes Lane Kiffin and and staying in-state and playing for Ole Miss. I mean, he's going to be in Oxford this weekend for the Auburn game. I've lost track of how many unofficial visits Sunterian Perkins has taken to Oxford because it's a lot. Um, So, yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, very talented high school prospects like to go watch – very fun college football games. I I don't take
2: it that way so much. Like, I get why Ole Miss fans who don't pay attention aren't plugged into Ole Miss recruiting like you and I are all day, every day, especially you. I mean, you're a seven-hour delay in Chicago, typing out some spirit recruiting daily stuff. Good, but also they're not doing that. They're not plugged in. All they see is the very public stuff. That's part of what social media and Twitter has done Mm -hmm. as far as access to players. So, when Sunterian Perkins or Sunterian Perkins – tweets from his visit at Alabama, nothing but a effusive praise. Yes, that's true that you enjoy visits, but he's done this before. I don't pay attention to that, and you don't pay attention to that or put as much stock into that. But that's all that the common fan sees outside of our reporting, so it's understandable. Mm-hmm. I, I put it this way with him. I was told very early by the one person I feel that knows, as far as recruiting information is concerned, that knows centering better than anybody. Been with him forever. And before he even committed to Ole Miss, he said, look, Sun going to commit to Ole Miss. He's going to sign with Ole Miss. But he's going to show love to Alabama. So you can't get caught up in the noise. Um, Could he flip? Of course he could. It's recruiting. I could be completely wrong. But until the tone and tenor of the person I talked to about Sun about Sun changes in any negative way, I'm going to stick to that and block out all the outside noise and even if that's coming from his own personal Twitter account, I get the concern, but I also
3: yeah, um, and it's and it's totally yeah. fine to be concerned. Yeah, he's totally he's fine. the highest ranked commit in your class. He's the best player in the class. You can say it. Yes, he he's a yeah best player in Mississippi. Very good prospect. He's at a position that Ole Miss historically struggles to sign blue chip players at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of like old open wounds there. <laughs> a lot video. of scabs. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's fine. Like it's, it, it's not, it's, it's not crazy to to be concerned because it is Alabama and Nick Saban. But again, like I talked to. Sunterian last summer. And when he told me that Lane Kiffin was personally recruiting him and just about everybody else on that staff was recruiting him. And then they hire Maurice Crum and he's recruiting him really hard and Chris Partridge. I mean, he's hearing from everybody, Derek Nix, everybody it was always, it was, it was blow for blow. Like, yeah, Alabama really wants him, but it's not like Ole Miss is taking it for granted or like, yeah, we got his commitment on Thanksgiving. We're good. No, they're still recruiting him. Like he's not not committed to them. So like, yeah, two things can be true and yeah, you know, it's, it's not crazy to be concerned when Nick Saban comes calling, but, but yeah, like you said, it's, I think it's just a, a mutual respect thing for him to you know, hey, I'm going to show some gratitude, go over there, see the coaches, say hey. Because, again, we talk about it all the time. It's hard for teenagers to tell people no that have been recruiting them for years. I see it online, and it's not unique to Ole Miss fans. When a kid is very public
2: and effusive in his praise of another school and he's committed to their school, there's this, like, common refrain, oh, wait, you know, it's like being married and then going, oh, man, I, I want to be with her. She's beautiful. Well, look how gorgeous she is. This is not that. Because remember, Ole Miss fan, you can't have the good and just none of the bad. You can't land Jackson Dart out of the portal, pull him from USC. You think undefeated TCU wouldn't love to have Zach Evans and Kari Colbin right now? So you can't take other people's or other schools, girlfriends slash boyfriends, whatever, and then turn around and go, oh, I can't believe Sun How could he do this? We've been committed to each other for so long. Your commitment, Ole Miss fan, and your love for Ole Miss is infallible. There's nothing Ole Miss could do. If you're still riding and dying with Ole Miss in 2022, man, you're finally being rewarded for your pain. I mean, you were in an abusive relationship. So yours is never going to change. But Sun he's around Ole Miss people, Mike Espy, Shea Hodge. Dante Moncrief and they've been influential and like his entire perspective swayed by what they say and, and kind of their recruitment of him to
3: Ole Miss. It's
2: not infallible for him. His commitment is to his football
3: career. I think you also need to think as an Ole Miss fan. Now it's a very different, it's a very different Ole Miss. You know, we talked about old wounds and that's true. Absolutely. I mean, this is a, this is an Ole Miss team. that's undefeated. They're a top 10 team. Lane Kiffin has won, what, 20? 17 of his last 20. Second fastest to whatever the win, you know, next to Johnny Vaught. And, and you know, all the, the – he's quietly been very dominant for a long stretch of games here. And, you know, yes, Alabama is a much more established brand, and they have all the trophies. But this is a very different Ole Miss. So you have to treat it a little differently where, yeah, sure, it's Nick Saban and Alabama – but it's not like Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss is anything to sneeze at right now. Winning football games in a very different way that almost people are used to. I mean, literally and figuratively, they are winning at a very high clip. They're undefeated. They're a national brand now, but they're also playing really good defense. And they're winning by running the football first and then stretching the field, playing off of that. This isn't the high flying, hey, we're going to score 54, but man, we're going to give up 49. No, it's very different. The schedule does get very real here in the next couple of weeks, but until then, they're still undefeated. They're still a top-10 team. So it, this isn't like the little Ole Miss mindset. I mean, you need to you need to treat it differently. Sundarian Perkins isn't, well, he's just committed to Ole Miss because he's from Mississippi. No, maybe he actually believes in what Lane Kiffin and them are building. If you'd have told me back in – let's say 2008, Eli's brother, Clipper,
2: friend of mine, loved Clipper to death, but that his son was going to become the number one quarterback in the country for his class almost 20 years later. And Ole Miss was not going to get him. I would say, oh, my God. It's over. The rapture of Ole Miss football recruiting has arrived. And I was talking yesterday, hadn't seen him in a while, with Scott Spencer, he does radio. And, Scotty, we were at this uh, homecoming parade for New Albany. Look, Scotty, he was a lot like most, I think, older Ole Miss fans and college football fans in general. He did not like the portal when it showed up. And now he's come around to it completely because it's the perfect marriage of situation, school, and coach with Ole Miss. And the portal allows for them to, in one fell swoop, make up for any and all recruiting deficiencies. Look what they did this offseason. It's different. Alabama doesn't like this new world because now Alabama might not win every game it plays. The transfer portal has rendered moot the drama of, oh, my God, did you see what Sunturin said on Monday about Alabama? Yeah, that sucks. Objectively, that sucks. You don't want to see that as an Ole Miss fan, not from one of your commitments. How Ole Miss recruits, what Ole Miss does is completely different now. I was in college on the day that Ole Miss landed Brent Schaefer and Kadera Eason, like in one one hour run, landed both
3: of them. And I thought, oh, my God, times they are changing. It's different now. Completely changes the landscape of recruiting and then just, you know, just the on-field product. Because look at all the production that Ole Miss is getting from transfers and how quickly they turned a – okay, like, the floor is seven wins. Like, maybe they can get to eight. You know, if things go their way, if they catch some breaks. Well, now it looks like most of the guys in the portal they hit on, they're playing really well. You turn around, and now it's Ole Miss is 6-0. and They're favored by two touchdowns against Auburn at home. They have a legit shot.
2: Auburn owned Ole Miss for 60 years, and now they're favored by two touchdowns. I don't care about what Auburn has done or or will do. They're going to Auburn things. Taking away what Ole Miss did in the portal. Just look at this week. They're favored by two touchdowns at home over Auburn, a school that has historically dominated them. It's just different now. Oh, we did it one year. Can they do it again? Oh, no, they're back to two and (laughs) ten. That's
3: just not the same. Yeah. I think that that has resonated across the board with everything, with fan support, you know, Mm -hmm. all jokes aside – home sec games the atmosphere has been great under kiffin outside of the COVID season obviously and recruiting i mean right now excuse me they've got you know blue chip guys in this class they've got i believe a 75 percent blue chip rating per on three um you know it's a top 25 class they're being very selective with who they take they have 12 commitments they've got I believe seven four stars. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Wow, nine. So they got nine. How dare you shortchange them to.
0: They're American being,
3: Zag. but I mean, look at where they're from. Yeah. I mean, you've got the in-state flavor, but then you've got, as you mentioned, Braxton Myers from Texas, Bryson Sanders from Chattanooga, Neil Avery from Maryland. You've got Marcel Reed from Nashville, Maud uh-huh. Brown from Georgia. I mean, they're doing it all over the place. Not only that, but you're winning on the field. It's a product that is extremely attractive to prospects from all over. And they're doing it with prospects from all over. So they have just this whole new mindset, this whole new brand, this whole new swagger to how they do things. And it's all come back to Lane Kiffin and his approach and basically just kind of his fearless attitude towards like we're not we're not going to do this whole like well we're all missed so you know we're going to pray that we can you know upset someone no like that that's changed it is you know yeah Lane was you know made fun of for the get your popcorn ready thing with Alabama last year when they laid an egg but i mean they didn't flinch you know they they beat a, a texas a&m team at home they went on the road and beat a good tennessee team in a very raucous environment i mean they won 10 games in the regular season for the first time ever. I mean, it's it's a very different world, not only Ole Miss, but just college football in general because of the transfer portal. And Ole Miss has a head coach that has embraced it, capitalized on it in more ways than, than Ole Miss fans can appreciate at this point.
2: The bottom line, I get why Ole Miss fans are kind of spooked or freaked out by what Sunterine is saying um, on Twitter about Alabama. But until the tone and tenor changes from the one person who's been right about this the whole time, I'm not going to sweat it. Um, Maybe I should, but I'm not going to do that yet until I've been given a reason to. Because, again, there's been nothing about this recruitment that has gone against what I was told it was going to be from the start. And this was when he was, like, second semester of his sophomore year. There's going to be a lot of noise. He's one of the most talented players and most coveted players in the country. I mean, he's a stud. I understand why you would not like your commitment to be saying those things about Alabama. But until the tone and tenor changes from the person I trust, I for one am going to block out the noise. Ole Miss and Auburn play this weekend, Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Another 11 a.m. kickoff. I know you guys don't love it, but I'm going to be honest with you. What's more fun than when you get over? Oh crap! Ole Miss is playing the early game. This sucks and they've won, and you get to enjoy the rest of your college football Saturday with a win in your back pocket. So, hey. Exactly. Yeah, the early morning sucks, but it's Ole Miss-Auburn. Auburn, Auburn, I think, uh, when I last looked, was a a 13-and-a-half
3: point dog. That might have gone up. I think it might be like 16. ESPN says Auburn plus 14-and-a-half. Ugh. Ole Miss could absolutely cover this game because Auburn's just bad. They are. But for
2: our purposes in recruiting here, I bring it up because Ole Miss 6-0, 2-0 in the SEC. Second time since the 60s that Ole Miss has been 6-0. And I know what the NCAA tries to say. Ole Miss, you have to vacate some of your wins from 2014. No <laughs> the hell they don't. Like, what would happen if Ole Miss Sports Information, if they didn't acknowledge it? What would the NCAA even do? What's the penalty?
3: Yeah, just say no. for
2: acknowledging your wins. Just no, we're
3: not going we're not gonna vacate them.
2: It's like when uh, Michael Scott declared bankruptcy, you know? You can't just declare a bankruptcy. Yeah. You can't just declare that Ole Miss didn't win those games. Yes, they did. They did. I saw them. So, it's the second time since the 60s that Ole Miss is 6-0. And every single time they host a team in Hemingway Stadium, at least one of consequence, and Auburn is one of consequence, bad as they are, they've always hosted a really big star-studded
3: group of visitors. What do you expect as far as Ole Miss visitors this weekend? Talked to a source, and they said they expect, quote, a huge group. Don't have any particulars yet. I know a couple underclassmen that will be in town, and then out of the commits, Sunterian Perkins and Ahmad Brown will be in town. There you go. Marcel Reed has a bye this week. He'll probably be in town, if I had to guess. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to continue to bring more and more guys in. I mentioned how selective they're being. Um, so that is something like if someone is scheduled to come in, then that's someone to pay attention to Isaac Smith, the safety out of Itawamba uh, agriculture high school. Um, he is scheduled to come in town. He didn't come last week. I was trying to get clarification on this and it's still <laughs> first world problems for a recruiting analyst. It's still crazy to me how, um, you still can't get, you know, 100 percent accurate statistics and stuff from high school games i figured by now but um i was trying to figure out i don't know you i mean you're in mississippi you might be able to tell me i i couldn't confirm whether or not itawamba played on saturday um two weeks ago max preps which is a popular site that i use for statistics and just scheduling purposes It listed Itawamba's game as a Saturday game. And I thought that might have been why Isaac Smith didn't go to Oxford um, for the Kentucky game. But he is scheduled to come in town this weekend. We'll see if he shows up. Um, I know people keep asking if Ole Miss is recruiting him. They are still recruiting him. Um, So I I think you're going to see Ahmad Brown. I believe Braxton Myers will be in town um, for his official visit. And then you've got. the aforementioned commits, and then there'll be some underclassmen. They're gonna they're gonna continue to bring in twenty fours and twenty fives that they like because it's a SEC home game. It's gonna be a good atmosphere, um, so they're wanting to do that as well. So, um, yeah, the list will probably be out. If I had to guess, Wednesday or Thursday. Once I get that, you'll have it. It's gonna be a huge group. Don't know how many officials will be there, but it'll be a lot of unofficials. I can uh, I can guarantee you that because. They're gonna want a big, you know. They're gonna want recruits to see an SEC home game that Ole Miss is very, very capable of winning handily, and it's gonna be a good environment because last I saw at the seating chart for Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, pretty much everything as far as the the seating chart, it doesn't look like Auburn's bringing a lot of people. Every other section though is looks good. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you want a big big environment rest assured it's going to be a large group when's the last time you thought about retirement
2: what about saving for your kid's college in these crazy economic times working with a professional is of the utmost importance and that's where my friend thomas chandler comes in thomas is a financial planner with capital financial group and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future so give him a call today at 662-296-0186 That's 662-296-0186. And tell them that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. Your OMAS baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car. Talk of Champions since you, because now Talk of Champions actually makes sense. Ole Miss baseball won a national championship, and they'll get you in your dream car with your Ole Miss Omaha magnet planted right there on the driver's side door. They're located at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Contact them today, 662-234-8000. That's Alan Samuels. The Ole Miss Spirit and Talk of Champions are coming up on the one-year anniversary of our move to own three. We couldn't be happier. Winning has certainly helped. Football continues to roll. Baseball is fresh off the first ever national championship in program history. Life is good, but change is always hard. And I don't even want to think where we'd be without LinkedIn Jobs, which made our initial hiring experience as seamless as possible. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create in seconds a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word about your opening. They offer simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses ranked LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Football Rebels have a little over a month remaining in the 2022 season. You want them to finish strong, right? Well, you need to finish strong, too, with LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash TOC. That's linkedin.com slash TOC to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That's LinkedIn Jobs, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of the National Champion Talk of Champions podcast. Talk of Champions is also brought to you in part by MyBookie. You know football, and you pick winners all the time, so why not get paid for them at MyBookie? Bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple together to increase your payouts. Low contest entry fees and over half a million to be won make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started is easy. Just visit mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag, and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, T O C on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. That's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, T O C to get your first deposit matched, dollar for dollar, all the way up to a thousand bucks. MyBookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and win. So make this your winning season, exclusively at MyBookie. This is an incredibly simplistic way to put it. You're not Keith Carter. If you were Keith Carter, I'd ask him this. I think I've asked him this before. I don't remember what the answer was. I'm really bad at my job right now. Why not just put all the visiting fans in the north end zone where they cook and put the students where they put the visiting fans? Seems like a very easy fix. I don't know the particulars. And because it seems like an easy fix, that means it's probably really complicated and there are a lot of different factions that you got to appease. So...
3: Forgive me, Keith, I, if you're listening I to I I don't know why. Everyone yeah, else puts right. the visitors up in the in the nosebleeds or where the sun yeah. is or and almost doesn't have nosebleeds, so you
2: can't put them up there. So put them in the <laughs> yeah. north end zone. I was at um Gracie had travel soccer in Oxford on Sunday. A buddy of mine, Grace Spencer, was there. He's one of the basketball, almost basketball student staffers that helps um in practices and stuff like that. He's gonna be a great coach one day. But he's, like, sunburned all over his face. like, dude, what did you do? It was from sitting in the north end zone. And until you see it, you just go, <laughs> oh, man, I mean, it's just something. You're going to you're gonna have to do your best to find some shade. No, they're baking over there. Yeah, I get why Lane Kiffin is frustrated when he sees some empty stands. It's more than just an old Miss problem. I would rather sit in my chair. I don't want to bake. I'll let the opposing fans bake.
3: I think, also, there are other factors. Like Ole Miss is a very unique case with this too because the size of the town. Uh-huh. There's not as many hotels as other places. It's hard. It's expensive. But I I do think with SEC games, you're going to see the environment that you want. I mean, the Kentucky game, even though it was at 11, it was a great environment. It was amazing. Um, it was like Ole
2: Miss-Alabama 2014 on a smaller scale, but it had, had that kind of feel
3: to it. And I do think that Ole Miss fans now are kind of – not that they didn't know this a couple weeks ago, but especially now they're recognizing, like, hey, this is – is this potential to be a really special season? Like, holy shit, six and 6-0, games in. Yeah. And, and, you know – Did you see this on the board, by the way? It's okay to celebrate
2: good things happening to your favorite team. That's great. But he goes, oh, Ole Miss is bowl eligible. It used to be, (laughs) like, the most consequential day of the season – when Ole Miss became oh, yeah. bowl eligible, now it's just a blip on the radar. I mean, that's expected. If you're if you're now rooting for bowl eligibility, that's the kind of thinking you got to change. I mean, of course, Ole Miss is bowl eligible. Ole Miss is a top fifteen team in a sleeper college football playoff
3: pick. Period. Bowl eligibility oh, yeah. that's baked in now. I mean, Oklahoma would love to be in this position. I know that. Oh God, oh God. I, I mean, it's. Uh, but I I do think I know that. Obviously, people want night games. Night games are better. It's, you know, under the lights, the weather's great. You know, the hype around a night game is different. But I do think that the Ole Miss fan base recognizes the opportunity here. And look, I know Kiffin's look, and another thing about the you know, the fan base thing that Kiffin's been doing. Do people not remember Nick Saban doing that when he got to Alabama? He's literally running the same playbook. He's doing exactly what Saban does. He does it all the time, you know, after the Vanderbilt game. They were interviewing Lane Kiffin. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere else but there. I mean, that's that's a Nick Saban thing. But with Ole Miss, the whole fan attendance thing has been
2: an ongoing back and forth with the administration and the fans. Because it feels like no one is listening to the other one's concerns, especially when it comes to the fans and sitting in the sun. But I bring well, it up the, because of this. True, Kentucky was an amazing Atmosphere. We expect Auburn to not necessarily be Kentucky, but it's going to be a great atmosphere. I'd be shocked if it wasn't close, if not a sellout. So old days, the environment, if it wasn't pristine, that was one of like the determining factors in whether a prospect took you seriously. Now, again, what we used to think about recruiting and what mattered doesn't matter or isn't really applicable to 2022.
3: Well, I think you can point to – the job that the staff has done and like guys like Alex Collins and Kelvin Bolden and how they handle these weekends. And it's more about the lead up to the game and their whole day-to-day operations and everything that they're doing with these visitors. They bring them on campus. They show them the locker room. They show them the facilities. They get to go around Oxford and see the Grove. And then they come into the game and I, I talk to a lot of prospects. You talk to a lot of prospects. Nine times out of ten, the thing that they say when they're watching a game is they're watching the position that they play and what they do. And I think that that's important because Ole Miss is playing at a high level. So the guys that they're watching are playing well. And also you see Kiffin and how he's been very creative with everything that he does, you know, Pre-game, you know, the whole walk of champions and he's wearing the, the nice suits, the, the cool shoes. They've got juice Kiffin out there now walking down with, you know, Knox or somebody, you know, another coach's kid, they've got all these different elements that they're putting together to enhance the game day experience, even though they're not going to have the full, you know, 98,000 seat stadium rocking, you know, swaying from side to side, they're finding creative ways to make, the game day experience unique and cool. And I think that that is a huge factor. You know, they're not going to have the huge, you know, crowds that some of the other SEC schools have, but they're being creative. You know, they're doing new helmets. You know, they're getting, you know, the uniforms are changing slightly. They're, they're being different. You know, Kiffin said, we we create a new box. And I think that that's what he's done. And I think recruits like that. I mean, on let's be honest. The real tree thing, sure, the Jordan family, they are tied to Ole Miss. They, they're, they're fans. They love the school. They love the program. But a lot of that was for recruits. It's cool. They want to be unique. They want to be different. You know, Javante Connor, you know, said, drip you. I mean, that's, that, that's kind of the new, the new age of recruiting is how do you set yourself apart from these other schools that are also undefeated and also offer all the same nice facilities and cool game day atmospheres. You got to be different. And I think that's something that Ole Miss has been really good at these last couple of years with being creative and, you know, letting players express themselves, you know, all the players get to pick out their own outfit for the walk of champions. They've made that a thing where it's I like,
2: that, Hey, by the way, it used to piss me off back in high school. And like, you have to wear a suit and tie for what?
3: <laughs> I mean, I thought that was kind of cool. Like when everybody was wearing, you know, their Sunday best, but this is that. also cool. Like, well, sure, it's
2: 2022. It's-, it's a great point. You make an incredibly good point. Old days in recruiting, what will we ask recruits? What was the game day atmosphere? Proximity to home, championship contender, uh, mm-hmm. fan support, all this kind of stuff. Well, fan support is no longer how many fans you had in the stands baking in the north end zone. If students leave because their health is in jeopardy, because apparently it is. When I looked at Gray and saw his face, I am like, holy cow. They are cooking in the north end zone. He he couldn't have gotten more burned laying in a tanning bed for an hour and a half and falling asleep. So here's the deal. It's no longer about how many fans are in the stands. When they're talking about atmosphere, game day atmosphere, it's it's very artificial now. It's 2022. Everything mm-hmm. is artificial because it's all social media and online driven. So when they're talking about game day atmosphere, it isn't about the fans and all that. They're talking about the icy white helmets because they can take a picture beside an icy white helmet and put it out on social media, it's like Instagram, you know? If you go Mm scrolling on Instagram, especially as you get older, it's just FOMO, fear of missing out for those that don't know. You're scrolling through going, oh, my God, look at all these people living life and having a great time. Really, it's all kind of artificial and fake. What do influencers do on Instagram? They have like green screens, like superimpose the Bahamas in the background, and be like, "Oh, living my best life." It's all artificial. It's all fake. Now some of them are actually doing that, but we act like all these people got fu money to fly around to like Cabo or some shit, and it's not happening. That's kind of what it is in football recruiting now. It's a branding thing. So a college football player or a prospective college football player, in this case, a recruit, isn't worried about how many fans are in the stands. It's can I get a picture with the icy whites that are hot online. It's very mm. fake. It's very cynical, but it's also kind of where we are in
3: 2022. I mean, yeah, you go look at a recruit's Twitter or their their Instagram. Yeah. And they're posting all of the cool uniforms they get to go pose in. They're not turning around while they're on the sideline and just, you know, posting a picture of, yo, look how dope this crowd is. Hashtag roll tide. Like yeah, no, it used to be
2: like that, you know? It used to
3: be. Yeah, they, they don't work. care.
2: they they're taking like, pictures hey, with juice now. You know, the official, we yeah. got to call him what he is. He's the mascot of Ole Miss. He is the
3: mascot.
2: And that's why when anybody talks about Lane Kiffin and Auburn, hey, look, Auburn and Lane Kiffin, I don't think it's going to happen. Two years ago, if Auburn would have been interested, that'd have been tough to keep Lane Kiffin. These days, Lane Kiffin is everything to Ole Miss football. The entire brand, there is no school that can win at this level, as in a college football playoff contender that gives Lane Kiffin the freedom he has. After Lane Kiffin, his legacy will still be one of the greatest coaches in Ole Miss history, no matter what happens, whatever happens.
3: Can we talk about how easy it would be to just go ahead and make it official and then just start breeding them like Georgia does?
2: But what I'm saying is that goes back into the whole bigger conversation about the artificial nature of recruiting in 2022. So move those opposing fans to the north end zone. But we haven't done Zach's recruiting attack. And it's a weekly thing now.
1: We're friends first, and nothing can ever come between us.
2: I bring up the visitor list for Auburn for this specific reason and Zach's recruiting attack. Which prospects are you paying most attention to this week and Ole Miss fans need to be paying attention to right now as far as developments, good or bad, but significant developments potentially in their recruitment?
3: I mean, I think you can start right there in Mississippi, close to home. There are two guys that I think Ole Miss fans need to keep keep tabs on for sure. And I, I mentioned them already, Isaac Smith a talented safety out of Fulton. And then I think Dante Dowdle is the guy you got to keep an eye on. It wouldn't be crazy if he showed up again. And I think that the emergence of the run game and Quinshawn Judkins has been every bit as important as the staff's continued recruiting efforts for Dante Dowdle. I saw on 538, Josh Planos did a piece on – how the run heavy offense that Kiffin and them are running is as he put it quote is as prolific and frenetic as ever. Um, you know, the whole, now they do score from far. Sometimes Jackson Dart had a hell of a game on Saturday, but I think the emergence of Judkins, I I think he's a bona fide freshman all American and has a really good shot to be the SEC freshman of the year. Um, I think that's helped a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think they're, you know, the one-two punch of Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins is something that appeals to him also, because I do think that that is a strategy of, Hey man, you come here, you're going to, you're going to get your touches. You're going to tote the rock, but we're not going to run you into the ground. Like we're going to keep you fresh. We're going to keep some tread on the tires. So you're not getting out of here. And by the time you get to the next level, you're just torn to pieces because we Ran you 40 times a game. I mean, yeah, it's doesn't... almost
2: also showing that it can support two um, heavy rushing running backs, like heavy mm-hmm. carry rushing running backs. If the expectation, the current expectation actually plays out and Zach Evans leaves after this year for the NFL, then Dante Dowdle,
3: oh, that's my spot. Well, I'm getting 20 carries. It doesn't matter if I'm one or two. Judkins, he's broken more tackles than any player in the SEC this year the Mm. most rushing yards by an Ole Miss freshman in the first five games since 1976. Mm. Um, I think that's huge in the pursuit of Dante Dowdle because he is a guy that runs it a lot in high school. Um, So I think that appeals to him. We've talked a ton about the Kiffin connection and he wants to be the next Derrick Henry. He wants to win a Heisman trophy. And I think that the more Ole Miss continues to win and subsequently the more the continued success of running the football is only going to appeal to him even more. Yeah. Okay. The narrative of, Oh man, it's Ole Miss. Like, you know, Matt Corral was there. They threw it all over the yard. It's not that, I mean, they are running the football more and more. I mean, looking at it, the adaptability of Lane Kiffin's offense in general, that's what happened on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Vandy was just like, all right, by God, Clark Lee was like, they are not running for 300 yards on us. So we're going to stack the box and make Jackson Dart beat us. And what happened? Jackson Dart beat you. So that's why they've been so good at running the football, because they know that's their strength right now. And that's no disrespect to Dart and the receivers. But early in this season, they've just been running people over. So why would you change? Keep doing it until they stop it. So Clark Lee tried to make a change. And what did Lane Kiffin do?
2: Didn't work. Jackson start through for 449. It was like the um, seventh highest total, single game total in Ole Miss history. And this is a quarterback. They were like, I wonder if this is the week that Jackson gets again, second time this year, multiple touchdown passes and actually has a breakout game. Dude, he matched his season high total for a game by the end fir- of the first half. I mean, Lane Kiffin, would- it doesn't matter. Also, real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but like knowing what we know now and watching them. And it's not fair because Oklahoma's a mess. But knowing what we know now, would you trade Jackson Dart for Dylan Gabriel? Because I sure shit won.
3: Uh, No, because of the added element of the run game that Dart brings. Because Gabriel is mobile. He's a good athlete. But, dude, until you've been down there on the field, Jackson Dart is a load. He is a large person. And I'm not just talking about he's tall. Like, he is thick. When he's running the football, I mean, it's not – you know, Matt Corral was awesome, but Matt Corral was nowhere near as big as Jackson Dart. So that's just something that they they haven't really used it too much. I don't know if they really need to because of how good they've run the football with the running backs, but when he tucks it and runs, you know, whether it's scrambling because he can't find anyone open or design run, I mean, he's he's hard to bring down. Just please slide, please. Slide. <laughs> yeah, you talk about matchups and how Kiffin has always catered his offense to the playmakers. You look at the rest of the schedule, Auburn this weekend, LSU. A&M is one that I have circled and told people to put a pin in it. Scares the shit out of me. But could be a potential breakout game because oh, you saw what Mississippi State did to Texas A&M. I would not take
2: Dylan Gabriel either. The only like the biggest advantage or the biggest thing in in Dylan Gabriel's favor as far as being a potential Miss quarterback is the experience. But now that yeah, he was hand in hand with Levy. Yeah, but now six games in, there it's not even a comparison to me. As far as next level future potential, it's not even close. Sacrificing a little, maybe, and I don't even think sacrificing that right now, but a little maybe in the short term for what's going to be a massive potential payoff in the long term. Even though this year I still think – I mean, I'm predicting 10-2 and to finish the year. I think they lose to one of Texas A&M, Arkansas, and lose to Alabama.
3: And you might wonder why Arkansas, only because I don't like the matchup, and I could be completely wrong. My point bringing up A&M and then you bring up Arkansas too, both of those teams have secondaries that have been exposed. I mean, Will Rogers threw for 329 against A&M, and you know what Will Rogers does. I mean, that is – working extremely hard for 329 yards because of the air raid. And yeah, they take some shots, but most of it is just dink and dunk left and right. Ole Miss is going to stretch the field if they get any whiff of your secondary struggling. So I think that this stretch coming up, you're probably going to see more teams with a bigger, more physical front seven that are going to challenge Jackson Dark. So he's got to reel in those those bonehead plays. And continue to look for Jonathan Mingo, Malik Heath, Jordan Watkins, the rest of those receivers, running backs out of the backfield have been big. Um, I think that because Kiffin is somebody that's he's not going to stick to a to a you know a narrative just because that's what's been successful so far. They've run the hell out of the football, but if somebody's going to just you know, by God, you're not doing it today. He's going to switch. I mean, it's not going to be this, you know, square peg, brown hole that people have seen former Ole Miss coaches do because, you know, that's what we do. No, he's going to change. And it's what he did on Saturday, and I think you're going to continue to see that as Jackson Dart gets more comfortable in the offense, receivers are getting, you know, much better chemistry with him. I mean, I think – I don't think it was a coincidence or, well, it's just Vanderbilt. No, like – That offense was clicking in the third quarter, and the second-half struggles have been a bugaboo, but they turned it on, and they didn't look back. Isaac Smith, anybody else
2: this week? Real quick, I'm sorry I took you off on so many different Um, tangents there. Yeah, Isaac Smith, Dante
3: Dowdle. um, Put a percentage on Dante Dowdle right now for Ole Miss. It's getting close to 50-50. I'd still put it 60-40 in Oregon's favor, Um, but things are – Things are moving quickly. See, I feel like it's 70-30 Ole Miss right now. Oh, okay. All right.
2: But I also am a little bit more optimistic just in general because I'm drinking uh, not only cough syrup, but hardcore Ole Miss
3: recruiting (laughs) Kool-Aid. Another guy, I, I, I mention him every week and for good reason because Ole Miss is the favorite, but Caden Lee, another guy, still hasn't committed. I don't think there's anything drastically that's changed. I think it's just a... Teenager that's wanting to focus on playing his high school senior season. Hasn't been nearly as big time as Aiden Williams, who is closing in on a thousand yard season. Is Um, Aiden Williams more Jonathan Mingo in his developmental track or A.J. Brown? I I think A.J. Brown. Really? I talked to a couple scouts and said that, and they didn't flinch when I said it, so I I think I'm on to something. Awesome. It's It's cliche, I know, but I think his best football is in front of him. I think he he is a very good route runner for as young as he is. But I think that he's it's only going to get better. And, you know, he's going to get bigger, faster, stronger in a strength and conditioning program led by Nick Savage. But, I, I mean, he – and it's not just in high school games. I mean, I've seen him in a camp setting when he's going against, you know, good on good, and he physically dominates people that are rated just as highly as him or better. Caden Lee, been phenomenal this mm-hmm. season through six games, 729 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns, averaging over 120 yards a game, 15.2 per catch. He's someone that I think that Lane Kiffin is is just itching to get in his offense just because of the versatility and the playmaking that he can do inside and out. But, yeah, I think the list this weekend will be very telling with uh, the direction it they're out? going. It usually comes out, we post it on Wednesday. I think yeah, usually it's Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. um, They're probably still trying to put that list together, try to figure out logistics who can come, who can't, but yeah, I mean, you look at the schedule, uh, you know, the Auburn is a big sec home game. I, I would imagine the list for Alabama and November 12th is going to be humongous. Egg bowl is always dicey because it's around Thanksgiving. So most of the time, in the if... egg
2: bowl on Thanksgiving.
3: Yeah, I agree. It's, holidays so unless they're local probably not coming but um yeah you basically have two remaining home games that are huge huge sec games that they're going to have a ton of recruits in for so yeah those are the 23 names that i would keep an eye on and then there's going to be a ton of underclassmen that are going to be coming in as well but but yeah i would say isaac smith dante dowdle Kaden lee and then there'll be some commits in town as well they'll be doing their best to do some recruiting for Ole Miss while they are in town. Um, I did mention Marcel Reed has a buy this week. He might be in town as well. So yeah, we'll have the full list later this week, but for now, those are the ones that I would tell you to open a couple tabs on your laptop or your phone and get to know them. At spirit,
2: Ben at Zach underscore Barry, both right for the Ole Miss spirit on three. Thank you, my friend. We'll do it again
3: next week. Absolutely. See you.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels.